Well, we're in this relationship series, and this morning we are going to, maybe you look, did you look ahead? Did you look ahead and know what we're talking about today? Rocking the single life is what we're talking about today. Rocking the single life. And uh, so they got a guy who's been married for 30 years to preach it, thought that was a good idea. Rocking the single life. If you're single, guess what? As of September 2014, you are in the majority in the United States of America. Did you know that? 50.2% of America over 16 years old is single. And so we now have more people uh, that are single in the U.S. than that are married. And so we want to make sure that we recognize that singleness is not a pre-marriage. Singleness is not a, a, a way stationed towards something else. Singleness is where God has you. That's my point. And I'm only going to talk for about 15 minutes, friends. But if you miss all the other details and stuff I'm going to shotgun at you, singleness is about where God has you. It's not about dating. It's not about finding a partner. It's about where God has you. Now, every one of you in this room that's not single is saying, that's me too. God has me in a certain place. Now, what am I going to do about it? And that's our message this morning. Rocking the single life is not about dating. It's not, and by the way, if you're in the dating world, you know, really, we all, it's hard. And you'll figure it out with one another and, you know, get the, all the advice that you can get. But being single is not about any of that. It's about being single. It's about being God's person in this season of life. I put it this way, rocking the single life is about rocking the world. Because being single is saying that God has put me in this place. Just like being married is saying God has put me in this place. Why? So that I can love and serve him, right? So how am I going to do that in this time in my life right now? That's what I got to figure out. And so when we talk about marriage rocking, are we talking about rocking a single life? We're talking about how is it that we rock the world? How is it that we serve God, live large, have impact wherever we live in life? Wherever we are in the season of life, with whatever we have or whatever we don't have, single or otherwise. Friends, it is a core biblical idea that the sovereignty of God has placed us in the life place that we're in now. Now you go, no, 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 God didn't place me here. I placed myself here. I made some decisions and this is where I am right now. Well, you know what? The sovereignty of God is that he takes those decisions that you made. Some of them could have been awful. Some of them could have been truly downright evil and sinful. But God takes those decisions and those places places that you're in and he uses them for your good, for the world's good, and for his glory. Isn't that good news? No matter what it is that you've gone through, no matter where you are. Now, many of you are right in the center of God's will and your singleness or your marriedness or your, that's right in the center of God's will. No evil, no bad decisions, no nothing involved. Same thing. God's sovereignty has you in a place for you to now live and serve him. That's a core biblical idea that you would live and serve him in the place that you're in right now. First Corinthians seven seventeen, which is actually a conversation that Paul's having with the Corinthian church about singleness, uh, sorry, about singleness and marriage. He says this, he says, nevertheless, in the middle of the whole thing, and you should go read this passage on your own this week. Nevertheless, each person should live as a what? What's that word say? Can you read it over my shoulder? As a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them. Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them just as God has called them. You see that? 
Wherever God has called you, wherever your assignment is, wherever you found yourself, God's going to meet you in it and want you to live like a what? A believer. One who believes that God is, the one who believes that God is sovereign, one who believes that God has called them, one who believes that God has gifted them, one who believes that they have a legacy and a, and a, a meaning in life to serve and to love and to give and so forth. We got to live like believers wherever God has put us. Listen, you want to know how to rock the single life? You live in singleness like you're a believer. You want to rock the married life? You live in marriage like you're a believer that God has put you there and that you get to serve him there. Whatever circumstances God has given us, this biblical concept is God has put us in them to serve him, to have an impact on the world. Do you remember the, the story of Esther in the Old Testament? And there's a verse in Esther chapter 4 where Mordecai has said to her, she's the queen, and all this stuff's intrigues going on, and she has a unique opportunity to do something to serve God. And he uses these very famous words, Mordecai says to her, and who knows, but... For this very time, God might have raised you up for this, to serve him. I misquoted it, but let me get it right. And who knows, but that you might have been raised up to your position for such a time as this. Right now, this is the place God's got you. It's a biblical concept that rocking the single life, rocking any kind of life, is about rocking the world. It's about living into what God has put in your, pl- in your path, the place that God has called you to. And I want to argue this for the rest of the time that I want to talk about this, that being single, you may actually have the opportunity to rock the world better than married people. Come on now, you single people, give me a little amen. Amen. (laughs) You may have an opportunity to rock the world even better than married people. And this is actually how scripture portrays it. Paul, in that passage, he talks about it like this. Paul writes about being single. You, if, you, if you've read, about, read through Paul, he's, he says all kinds of stuff like, hey, listen, I'm single. I wish you were like me. He says all kinds of stuff like that. There's a passage in, um, in, in, uh, later on in this chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Before you put up the verse I have on the screen, I just want you to hear some of it. He starts in this from, if you've got your Bible or you want to look at it later, it's 1 Corinthians 7 starting in verse 32. And he starts it with this, talking to people about remaining single is the context. He starts by saying this, I just want you to be free from concern. I'd rather have you single because I want you to be free from concern. And you parse that out, you look at your Bible, you look at different translations. He says, I want you to be single because I want you to be free from concern, free from anxiety, free from distraction, free from complication is really the meaning of the Greek word. Paul goes, listen, you want to rock the world? Don't get married. I want you to be free from complications. (laughs) Okay, now any married people want to give me an amen? Yeah. (laughs) Listen as he goes on. I want you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord, how he can live for the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of the world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. And then look at verse 35. I'm not saying, I I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, 
but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Friends, no matter what circumstance that God has put us in, he is calling us to that place so that we may live a right life in undivided, undistracted, unconcerned, full devotion to the Lord. That's what everybody's called to. And being single, Paul argues, you may have a better opportunity than married people to do that. Rocking the single life is about rocking the world, and you may have the better opportunity to do that. Here's why. I think it creates some opportunities for you. And by the way, if you're a Googler, I am indebted in this sermon on a couple of points. I think out of six kind of main things I wanted you to hear, those are not really six points, but six main things I wanted you to hear, I, got, I stole like three or four of them from a, a writer uh, named um, uh, Marshall Siegel, who does some great stuff on being single. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned his name in this. Rocking the single life is about some, uh, being uniquely afforded uh, some, some opportunities. Number one, here's a couple opportunities. I'm going to do them very quickly for you. Number one, opportunity to be freer. If you are rocking the single life, you have the opportunity to be freer. Freer for what? Freer to be devoted. That's what Paul said, right? To be fully devoted to the Lord. As a single person, you have the opportunity to be freer to be devoted to the Lord. What does that mean? You get to love and give and serve freely without being constrained to a primary set of relationship. When you're married, there is built in a very present, very real set of priorities and they're built in in concrete. That sounded more negative than I meant it to. (laughs) Ball and chain comes to mind, but if we want to be negative. But when married, there's a built-in very set of present priorities. It's already there. It's like that defines the freedom that you have to love and give and serve. And so when somebody goes, hey, love and give and serve with me over here, you go, uh, I got all these priorities. I got all these commitments. I got all this stuff as a married person. Single people go, I'm free to be able to do that more. Rocking the single life is about rocking the world. And single people are freer. And a very related connection to this is that their opportunity is to say, they have an opportunity to say yes spontaneously. It's the same thing. They can say yes spontaneously. One writer I read said, let's face it, marriage murders spontaneity. <laughs> like, wow. I'm sorry for your marriage. But there's some truth to the reality that these concrete, very present, prior commitments are in the place. Our oldest daughter is so right now so close to pulling the trigger and getting a puppy. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? You want to talk about concrete, in-place priorities that limit your ability to say yes, to be freer, to say yes spontaneously to these things. I look at her life and all the things that God has her doing, and I'm thinking, trying to factor in a puppy to that mix. Rocking a single life gives us these opportunities, opportunity to be freer, opportunity to say yes spontaneously. And then third, an opportunity to develop hope in Jesus, more than hope in marriage. This is a huge one, that being single gives you the opportunity to develop your relationship with God. Siegel wrote this, you get to spend time satisfying your soul in all that God has become for you in Christ. As a single person, you have the freedom, the opportunity to satisfy yourself in Jesus ahead of anything else, including ahead of marriage. 
See, then whether you get married or you get, get married again or, or you don't get married, you're properly aligned. Friends, when our hope is in marriage, those of us that are married or those of us that are single, when our hope is in marriage, listen to me, it will never be enough for your soul. And some people spend their entire single life wishing, hoping for marriage because somehow that will complete them, fulfill them. Jesus fulfills you. Marriage does not fulfill you. And the opportunity is to develop this relationship with God so that he becomes all that he's supposed to be. When your hope then is in him, you rock the world. Hey, married people, are you hearing something in that as well for you? Is your hope in your marriage? Or is your hope in Jesus? Single people get the opportunity to build that in to the core of who they are, their identity as settled. As single people, you have unique opportunities to rock this life even better, rock the world. Opportunity to be free or opportunity to say yes spontaneously, an opportunity to put your hope in Jesus beyond marriage, beyond anything. Your hope is in him and him alone. I've never met a really, really powerful, strong marriage, by the way, where their hope was found in each other. It's always found in something beyond them and foundationally in who Christ is. So that instructs us. Well, a couple of challenges I have for us sort of pastorally around this as we come to the table of the Lord. If this is the freedom that we have, then I want to challenge you about some things. One, don't trade your freedom for a different distraction. If you believe that God has sovereignly put you in this place, as we just talked about, And you were given then, as a single person, you've been given some freedom from this distraction or these concerns or these priorities that we talk about with married people. If you believe that, then live out that lack of distraction to love and give and serve more. And some people don't do that. Some single people don't take the freedom they have to love, give, serve more. I was talking to one septuagenarian, is that the right word in our church? I you know, somebody in their 70s. And they said, single person, I said, you're loving and serving and giving. And she goes, oh, I'm rocking that world. (laughs) But some people don't take their freedom to do that. They end up just trading that freedom from the distraction for another distraction. There's something else in their life. If you're single, and married people, you're hearing this too, if you're single, you need to think, what am I distracted by? If it's not marriage, am I trading it for a different set of distractions? Some pe- single people, it's, you know, whether it's about money or the image or their career or, God forbid, video games or cats or something terrible that single people are known for, like, you know, it's like, dude, uh, I'm still single. Well, get off the video game. But you weren't single to play video games. You're single because by the sovereignty of God, you get to love and serve and give more. That's the freedom that God's given you. Are you doing that? And that's the challenge for every one of us to be thinking about. What is it that might be distracting? Don't trade away your freedom for some lesser distraction. You either, married people. You have a limited, more limited ability to love, serve, give, freedom. More limited. What are you doing with that? limited time. It's even almost, you could almost argue more imperative that you're careful with the time that you have apart from your priorities of marriage and family. What I'm saying is if you're addicted to video games as a married guy, you're worse than the single guy. (laughs) Second, 
Don't trade your freedom for self-centered living. Don't trade your freedom for self-centered living. Living for you and your comfort and your needs is not loving, giving, serving. Marriage focuses you to some degree by default, by uh, force, toward a focus on other people, at least it should. But singleness can, pr- can breed a profound self-centeredness, even a selfishness, sort of a, you're going to have to, as a single person, you're going to have to practice selflessness in the ways that a married person doesn't have to practice it because in the morning their dog gets up and they got a person they got to love in their house and they're right there. Here they go. Did I say dog? I meant children. Did I say dog? <laughs> Don't get a puppy. You're going to need as a single person to practice selflessness as part of your opportunities to rock the world. Where are you doing that? Where are you committing yourself in selflessness to people, to connection, to a group, to community, to service, so that you are engaged and thinking about other people and not yourself? Every single person I've ever met says this becomes a difficulty for them in relationships is that they're in their head a lot and they're focused on themselves and on their own needs. Where are you practicing selflessness? Don't trade your freedom for self-centered living. And by the way, married folks, are you hearing that too? There's this self-centeredness to marriage that's sort of like, it's like a false god, if you will. Well, I'm married and I have kids and that's my priority. And so you don't give love serve anywhere. That's another form of selfishness. You know that? And we're kind of tired of hearing it. So if your only ministry is your sweet little husband and your perfect little two kids, you're limiting what God has for you. Do you hear that, married people? Get out there. You gotta love and serve and give for the Lord. So don't trade your freedom to do that for self-centeredness. Married people get to call it family. But it can be just as selfish. Last challenge, don't trade your freedom for moral laziness. You know what I'm talking about. Today's singles are infamous for a laxed morality. I got buried in the internet on some statistics, and they're so depressing. 42% of evangelical Christian singles are presently engaged in a sexualized relationship. 42%. Almost half the people who are Christian, like, loving Jesus, having sex. That's like rule one. Like, it's such rule one that we don't even like, we're like, oh, it's so trite to even talk about sexual purity. But people are like, no. And I don't know what that is, friends. What is that? Is that resentment? You know, I deserve it. I didn't get, God didn't give me, and so I'm going to take. Is it cultural pressure? The I'm now worse than anyone else. Is it just laziness? I, nobody knows what I'm about. Nobody knows what I'm doing. I just do what I want. I got a hard word for you. It's from Galatians. It says this, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person will reap what they sow. And married people or single people, when we use our freedom for moral laziness, we're not getting away with it. It's wrecking our souls and our hearts, and it's not freeing us to love and serve and give for Jesus. You're not becoming who you are and who you were meant to be. So let's step back into moral purity and submit to the Lord and depend on his strength and cry out in forgiveness and confession and get some accountability and some help. Let's be God's people. 
Don't trade your freedom for moral laziness. You've been raised up for such a time as this. This time being single. This time being married. It's a season of unique opportunity to love and give and serve Jesus. And that's all about him. Your single life is all about him. Your married life is all about him. We were put in this place at this time to be able to rock the world. 